of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we certainly live in a confusing and anxious time, don't we? And in fact, our Old Testament text for today it couldn't be more to the point as we see an entire nation doubting the provision of their God. And certainly it's easy for us to, to put ourselves in their shoes after all that, that you know, roller coaster ride, being freed from Egypt, being in danger one moment and then passing through the sea the next. The wonder of actually having God visibly present. A pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day, those wonderful external gifts. How much might we long to see some physical representation of our Lord? And they had that. But now they come into this place where a simple physical need is driving them crazy, isn't it? Oh, and yeah, you, you've been thirsty before, right? Many of you growing up on the farm, and some of you still, you know, farmers to this day, you well can probably just remember back to last summer, a day when you were thirsty. And I can maybe even ask you, can you remember the day you were the most thirsty? And there's probably something that comes right to your mind. For me, it was when, when I was in college and I started a new construction job over the summer. I, I showed up at the work site that very first day. The sun was blazing down on us. And, and you know, I, I even got second degree sunburn on the tops of my ears. Because, well, yeah, I've been in the classroom, you know, studying, and, and now it's summertime, and I, I was kind of, you know, pale and, and white, and I go out to work construction. And, you know, we, we, we just started maybe like at 8, and so, you know, 8 to noon. I've never been so thirsty in my life when we finally took the break for lunch. Oh, that physical thirst, that, that need, we understand it. And now the nation of Israel is out in the wilderness and they're crying out and they're saying, Moses, what have you done? At least when we were working as slaves in Egypt, we got water once in a while. Did you bring us out here just to die? And yet, it's a lack of faith, isn't it? And, and, and dear friends, certainly my, my sermon today in this age of, of, of controversy, some people are maybe going to be angry about it. 
And this was probably going to go out across the, the airwaves as well. I you know, started my little tape recorder today. But dear friends, as we look around us today, we really see that complete lack of faith, don't we? People are even arguing about if we should be offering the Lord's Supper in our Lutheran churches on this Sunday. And now, now you, you, you think about it, you know, for, for us, especially many of our sister congregations, probably 90% of congregations within our Missouri Synod use the individual cup right now. Right, as I, I come, you know, down the, the communion rail line, right, for, for many times you, you take the cup yourself, right? You know, what, what could be more uh, sanitary and yet people argue, oh, maybe we should suspend communion. Maybe we, we shouldn't have the Lord's Supper. And that's not even to mention that we consider the very body and blood of our Lord to be present in the sacrament. Right? Nor in the Bible does it say, hey, if there's you know, some, some kind of sickness among you, suspend communion. Rather, it says, if something is wrong in your heart, Beware, right? We go, go out uh, among our, our friends and, and neighbors and, and you know, there's this kind of a, a panic. It's, it's almost as if people, you know, see this as the, the book of Revelation being opened. You know, that the coronavirus is maybe one of the great seals, you know, being broken. We, we you know, want to hide it in our houses, don't we? You consider some of the, the great sicknesses of, of the past you know, 20 or 30 years where you know, nothing seemingly was done, and now we come to the, the present day, and why is this one so special? It's easy to lose faith, isn't it? Well, it was, uh, you know, just, just kind of going through the, the Bible this week, and, and my son Robert actually pointed out a, a particular verse to me. And, and what's, you know, really important about the verse, I, I think, that he pointed out is the demonstration that, you know, the Bible still talks about people with a strong faith and people with a weaker faith. And it talks about how, you know, strong faith people will continue to follow God's word even in the, the midst of trying circumstance. That's kind of the bottom line. And so, you know, we, we kind of go back to our, our commandments and, you know, the Bible tells us, well, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. 
Right? We have a command. We, we have a meaning for that command. And uh, but you know, across our nation today, we actually hear of you know churches closing because oh, something in our world is more important than what the Lord calls us to do. And, and isn't that really the bottom line case for everything happening in our country today? Oh. A new law was passed. That's obviously more important than what the Lord has told me to do, right? We saw that happening way back in the 60s when the legislation began to be passed that abortion would be okay. Right? It continues on to this very day. The people gather together saying, oh, well, that word of God doesn't apply anymore. Or this situation we have is certainly so very special. We should throw out that word of God. It doesn't apply today. It doesn't apply to my situation. It doesn't apply to me specifically. I am special. Yeah? I live in a special day. There's no way that God could have foreseen what we would be going through right now. But he's God. Right? Now, now certainly, yes, you know, we're, we're called to, you know, do the, the best that we can do for our neighbors, right? And so certainly if I, if I have a medical diagnosis that, you know, something is going wrong and then I go around coughing in your face, you know, well, then I'm not living in Christian love, am I? See? And so certainly we, we want to protect one another. And certainly we want to, you know, do that to the best of our abilities. And, and so, you know, for example, probably today I'm not going to shake hands with a lot of you. Because, you know, we're working with, with kids through the, the week and maybe I, I've got something and I, I don't want to pass it to you. And, and certainly, you know, we can have precautions that we take. Well, maybe, you know, wipe down some of our doors later on with sanitizer because, you know, germs can transfer through, through the doors. But what I am saying is that we don't have the ability to throw out God's law just because we feel like we're in some special situation. And again, we kind of go full circle to that nation of Israel, right? I'm going to start doubting God because the water's not coming when I want it. I'm going to start doubting God's care and provision simply because I look around and things look bleak to me. I'm going to start panicking that God isn't really here. He's not really going to take care of me because I can't see a good future. Now, dear friends, when the Lord wrote all of his word, he knew every circumstance that he would face. 
And when the Lord God had men of various ages, various professions, put the, the pen to the paper, he knew everything that was going to happen. And dear friends, the Lord is still there. The Lord still knows your circumstance. The Lord still understands everything that you're going through. The Lord still cares. You know, uh, perhaps for us in the United States, we might become a, a little bit worried because really for so long, it seems we've been trying to kick God out of our country, haven't we? You know, you, you think about how, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments used to be posted in all of our courtrooms. And now in various courtrooms throughout the, the lands, the, the Ten Commandments must be removed because we, we don't want to combine church and state somehow. And really a, a misunderstanding of that application as Thomas Jefferson was writing to a Baptist church trying to reassure members of the congregation that the state would not impose upon the church. Trying to reassure people that the government would not come to the church and say this is what you must teach, this is what must be proclaimed in your assembly. And now people of our day have taken that and they twisted it and they said, well, the Constitution guarantees that church and state must be separated. Well, it's not in the Constitution. It's a private letter. Then, yeah, a famous individual, Thomas Jefferson, wrote to a Christian church. But to reassure them of their ability to continue to freely teach the gospel. But yeah, that, that seeped into our culture, hasn't it? And it, just a, an interesting side thought along those same lines. You know, I, I, I'm told a, a Christian man recently toured the Supreme Court building and the Ten Commandments are still there. The, the man, he, he pointed to those and he, and he said, you know, tour guide? What do those two tablets with the, the writing, what do those represent? Uh, he's expecting to hear uh, Ten Commandments, right? The tour guide said, they represent early common law. And so for, for you and I growing up, you know, we, we, we look around and, and we see, you know, kind of the, the curved top tablet and, you know, it, it has, you know, writing on it, you know, one through five and six through ten, right? We have two tablets. You know, uh, of course, we would recognize those as the Ten Commandments. But now, you know, people in our nation are teaching those as early common law. Early common law. We began to make changes. We began to make adjustments. We began to change the meaning 
of things that, that you and I have recognized from our youth. And then we say, oh, let's kick God out of the court system. Let's kick God out of the public school. Let's kick him out of the, the public sector. And you know, we're, we're, you know, a lot of people uncomfortable if we have a, a president or a vice president that articulates Christian values. We start to not like that. And, and so, you know, maybe it is natural for us as citizens of the United States to begin to wonder, you know, has God maybe gotten fed up with us? You know, does God kind of take a, a step back and he says, well, you know, if you really don't want me around, it's fine. And, and you know, we, we kind of understand that, that God is the ultimate gentleman, isn't he? You know, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any would open to me, I will come in to them. Right? It doesn't say, you know, behold, I break down your door and I put you in chains at your dining room table and you better listen to me or else. But no, we always have that option, don't we? Yeah, we can let God just kind of put one foot in the door if we want and that's all the further he'll come. And sometimes, you know, maybe we'd like to just let God into the, you know, living room and we'll have a nice visit, but then, you know, maybe he can go his way again, see? We don't really want God quite to know what's in that closet back there, maybe. We have that option. God will only come into our lives as far as we let him. <coughs> he doesn't just barge in. He doesn't just de demand that we follow his holy word. He doesn't put us in, in chains. We don't become his slaves. You know, we're, we're not like little robots then that, that kind of just go running around doing what, you know, the, the Christian thing. We always have that freedom. But will we use it? Will we maintain that faith? Will we continue to hold God's word sacred <coughs> in our hearts? Will we follow even the least of his commands? Will we be the ones that bring his light into this fallen world? That's what we're still called to do. Uh, dear friends, in this age of fear, this age of doubt, 
All you and I really have to remember is that God sees where we are. And he knows exactly what we're going through. His law was written for our good. And walking hand in hand with him every day through these weeks, these months ahead, we will know his purpose and we will be part of his plan if we but simply allow our hand to be held tightly in his. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. Amen.